he may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. My sister's shrinking. Got a family friend who's a plumber. I like the guy. His name's Doug. He listens to the show apparently all the time because my wife's trying to get a new sink put in and new cabinets. We're doing the whole kitchen over. And when my wife talks to this guy, he goes, So your old man's got some sort of cyst on his face? Some sort of smallpox type thing? It's shrinking, baby. It is. What do you think, Brian? It's uh, shrinking a little bit here. It's looking good, man. Yeah. yeah, it's shrinking like from the sides. It's looking more like a vertical football right now. Like, yes. Yeah. It it's... used to be this giant, like almost the length of my eyebrow, yeah. and, and now it is about a fifth of the length of my eyebrow. So we're moving in the right direction, peeps. Quick question. Do you have yep. any say whatsoever in what's going into this new kitchen? Oh, my God, no. Okay. Cool. Just check. Uh, yeah. She asks me, but frankly, I don't care. Just like as a courtesy. Yeah, honestly, I don't really care. And she thinks that that means that yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with it. That's not it. I want a new kitchen, but I'm not good at that stuff. I don't really know what looks good. I don't. I watch HGTV with her all the time because, hey, that's what good husbands do. But I And I enjoy it, actually, but I don't know what looks good. It's not my area of expertise. And I'm not going to ask her about West Virginia basketball. That's the way it goes. See, just go this way. Just go, hey, uh, I like that one. What do you think? Just getting that That's my over move. and over, over and it's over. It's like you're like reading my one. playbook. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, it's like you're spygating me. See, you got this marriage thing down, dude. I do. For now, a couple of years in. Yeah. Nicely done. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was the same way with the wedding. I oh, cared about yeah. the wedding. Oh. It's almost exactly what Mike Leach said. Remember, going back a couple of months, Mike Leach said, they're going to ask you about all these things, and you won't really care. But then you're supposed to care. And then if you say, oh, pick whatever you want, they're going to say you don't care. No, I want you to have what you want. Same thing with the kitchen. Yep. Same thing. Exactly that. You got the game plan, man. Good good work there. I do. Good husband. I'm working as hard as I can with that game plan. Yeah, you're husbanding up. I am. Husbanding it. 412-922-2874. Mike DiRocco, ESPN's NFL Nation, will join us coming up in 18 minutes here on the radio program. Do you hear what Mike Mitchell had to say to Sports Illustrated? Or did you read what Mike Mitchell had to say to Sports Illustrated? Because I got it for you. Quote, We can play them in hell, talking about New England Patriots. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to beat them, end quote. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about how he's looking ahead. A lot of people are going to be talking about how he's taking his eye off the ball. A lot of people are going to say, what about Jacksonville? Jacksonville's good. Jacksonville beat you 30-9. you got to focus on Jacksonville. But you know what? I love what he did. I love the confidence. I love that he's taking a page out of the Mike Tomlin playbook from earlier in the season. This is who the Steelers are. When Mike Tomlin talked about that elephant in the room, when Mike Tomlin talked about what's going on down the road against the New England Patriots, I'm very distracted right now. I got Katie in here screwing around, and Brian's just egging her on. What is with people lately? Tom's dangling things in front of my face. KDO's treating it like it's a playground. I'm trying to do a radio show. I mean, come on. Our apologies. I was trying to hide behind the monitor. It wasn't your fault. I only I only wrapped you into this because I didn't want the full wrath of KDO. Oh, yeah. You need to 
need to uh, stay away from that. I feel like I got to start the takeover. What if I wanted to go to Brian in this segment? He's just distracted the whole time. No, see what just full disclosure, pulling the veil back. What Katie was doing here is she picked up a newspaper. Now the newspaper is in here because Stan does a show here. So Stan is one of the only people in here who actually reads newspapers. Is there a Werther's original next to it? There by any should kids? be. You know. So here's what we got. Katie picked it up, and here's what she was doing. So she acted like you know, like people look when they're reading yeah. the paper. Almost like she had a cigarette in her mouth, and she leans yeah. back, and you, and you do that thing where you you kind of like throw the paper <laughs> yeah. out a little bit. Yeah, like let me see the yeah. paper here. Like yeah, it goes like. Uh, She's like, in here every single day. Brian's in here all the time doing this show. Of course. Joe's on the other side of the glass, so he doesn't have to deal with all this nonsense. And it's always fine. I'm a little bit irritable today as it is. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why why that distracted me though. Usually I just Okay, that's what distracted me. It's very loud. <laughs> and and it's a very draw attention to myself motion. I do that again. Oh my god. Yeah, you gotta look. I mean, like that's the move of like, especially like older guys who are like into their papers. You know, like they want to make like the translation is here. It's this means I'm reading a, I'm paper, reading a paper. Everybody, look at me. I am knowing what's going on. Or I'm spying on you in the park. Yeah, well, that's when you cut it. No, never mind. You can cut a hole nice. in it. Yeah. Anyhow, right, nice. That's it. Where was I? Yeah, rip it and throw it out. There'll be a new paper for Stan tomorrow. We use the internet on the Crowley Show. Yes. Screw you, newspaper. It's taken care of. Mike Mitchell today in the newspaper, quote, we could play the New England Patriots in hell. We could play them in Haiti. We could play them in New England. We're going to beat them, end quote. I love it. I've seen so many takes on the internet, on those interwebs. On the dot com, on Twitter, saying that the New England Patriots, they're paying attention to the Titans and the Titans only. And the Steelers, they're not paying attention to the team that they're supposed to be paying attention to. They're paying attention to only New England. And I ask you, when the Steelers back a couple of weeks ago had Mike Tomlin say before the game that there's an elephant in the room. And there should be two meetings with the New England Patriots. People thought that the Steelers were looking ahead, and they thought it would cost them. What the Steelers do? They beat Green Bay. They beat Cincinnati. They beat the Baltimore Ravens. And then, in my personal record book, they beat the New England Patriots. They kept their eye on the ball while also keeping their eye on the New England Patriots. This isn't going to affect the way the Steelers play against Jacksonville. It's not. They're not going to take their eyes off of Jacksonville and just assume that they're going to show up and beat them. No, 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 no. What this means to me is Mike Mitchell's confident that the Steelers can beat Jacksonville and then beat New England. Duh. Do you like the fact that Mike Mitchell said that to Sports Illustrated? 412-922-2874. Do you look at it as confidence? Or do you think that this is a mistake that the Steelers are paying too much attention to New England? 412 412- 922-2874. Did someone just sprint down the hallway? Yeah. <sighs> My God. Where am I doing a show today? In a circus? Do you want me to, like, open the door and let them know that they shouldn't do that? No. Okay. Who do you think it was? It was Digby. Oh. It's the only one who runs like an elephant down the hall. <laughs> it's the only one. You know it's penguin <laughs> season when you hear the change. damn hoof prints going down the hallway. It, Guy can't be quiet. It freaks me out because... <laughs> 
I'm anxious all the time. I have an anxiety disorder. When anything weird happens, like if I ever sat through an earthquake, I'd think I was having a seizure. So like when, when Digby or whoever runs down the hall and it's clump, 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 the whole damn studio shakes. My leg, which is on the floor, starts shaking. And then I think, what's going on with my leg? Am I having a seizure? But I luckily, Katie isn't here now. Now I'm happy Katie's here because Katie looked like, what the hell's going on down there? And it made me realize that it wasn't just me. Nope, not at all. And and the thing is, I, I really think he's like part human, part Clydesdale, and part like pachyderm. You know, the guy, he can't run softly. He can't be quiet in the hall. It's like, it's crazy, dude. I don't like, know if I could run quietly, though. I think we need to duct tape him to hold him in the studio and gag him just so he's quiet between three and seven. What do you think? Or four and seven? Well, people have complained about how loud the Crowley show could be. Yeah, Mike, but we're entertaining, man. Well, we are. Mike Fraser from... The studio next door, 3WS, quality radio station. Big time. Awesome. He used to complain about how loud we were. And then some, still does. sometimes he'll be outside talking louder than anyone. Although I think that might be some of like, hey, well, those guys were loud, so I'm just going to take my conversation into the hall. I mean, we're good neighbors. We try to be, but sometimes yeah. it gets a little bit out of hand. You know, we're entertaining. Things are going. you got the bits flying. Joe's throwing the sound effects. You get a little loud. Here's the thing. Stan, older. Everyone else on this floor, older. Now, not quite as old as Stan because it's hard to be as old as Stan and still yeah, be still be not, not still be not retired. Not paper readers. I think that we are like Zac Efron in that one movie, The Neighbors. Oh. I think we're cool. I think we're hip, and I think people are jealous. I f- I feel what you're. What, I smell what you're cooking there. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Edward tweets. Dude, demerit. You can't just breeze by the lead story like that. What was done for your cyst? Edward, good question. Antibiotics that make me incredibly nauseous. And they're going to shrink it, and then they're going to cut the rest off on Friday. Can we get video? Of the cyst? No, of the cutting of the cyst. Yeah, I bet we can work that out. My mom said she'd go with me if I wanted to. Oh, okay. Y'all, we need video then. Richard and Wheeling, next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Well, here it is like this. There was a uh, a local yokel type host who said that Jacksonville will beat the Steelers and they won't even get to New England. I'm not so sure about that one. But uh, when they get to New England, unfortunately, I do use the word unfortunately, the Steelers will not beat New England. New England's going to just stop them. You know what, Richard? I can't disagree because I've never seen it go the other way. But I think this year might be different. I've given the Steelers a really good chance to go to New England and win that game. And I do think that if a team gets stomped, yeah, you're saying New England might stomp Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh stomps Jacksonville this weekend. Stomps them. I think Bortles throws the ball five times to Pittsburgh. How about that one? No way. Jacksonville's already beaten them, and I don't think they can figure out a way out. I don't know. I don't think they can figure out a way to beat Jacksonville. You just said you just said they were going to beat them. I said I don't know. You are going back on what you said three seconds ago. That's a radio show host move, man. Danny in D.C. Next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm listening to you down here at work, so hopefully I don't get in trouble. But. Uh, Mike what, can you speak up, is, Danny? I can't hear you. You're whispering. I can't hear you. Can you speak up just oh, a little bit louder? 
Yeah, I'm at work, so I was trying not to get in trouble. Sorry about that. Maybe just, just can you, just a little bit louder. I can't. I'm just messing with you, Danny. What's your question? Oh man, <laughs> uh, Mike Mitchell is not the one to be talking. I like the comment, but he's the wrong person to say it because he doesn't break on the ball. He has no interceptions. He doesn't do anything back there. I think like maybe T.J. Watt or somebody could say something like that, but not him. I'm a big. Mike Mitchell, defender, uh, probably more so than you'll find in this town. I do think it would be nice if he uh, got in on the ball a little bit more, but at the same time, we don't always know the responsibility. He's kind of the the mouthpiece for that defense. Uh, He's not the best player on the defense, but the best players on the defense don't talk. I think there needs to be a little bit of talking, and I don't care really who does it because the defense together and overall will have to back up his comments. I like it because... I do think that this just projects confidence. Let's say it wasn't Mitchell, and you say it's T.J. Watt. You say it's one of those guys. Are you happy that the Steelers are that confident? Do you at least like that aspect of this? Yes, I do. I already had my tickets to the game this weekend, and I caught a sale on Southwest. I bought my ticket to Minneapolis just in case. So I like the cockiness. You know, we need some swag. You might not want to go to the game if you're going to get fired for being so loud talking on the radio, Danny. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. Good luck. Stay employed. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got this one. How dare you disrespect Mr. Richard by not calling him Mr. Sorry, Mr. Richard. That's a good point. That's almost demerit-worthy. <sighs> Did I call him just Richard from I Wheeling? Said, I said almost. So. I called him Richard from Wheeling? Yeah. I didn't tell him that he was Mr. Richard? No. By the way, Katie O has now taken upon herself to stand in the corner. She's a refugee. Yeah, if you go to Facebook.com, Adam Crowley Show, you can see exactly uh, the punishment she's having right now. I hope a bunch of people don't flock to our Facebook page just to look at Katie. You might want to take that down, Brian. Look what you've done. I don't know how to take stuff down. Leave it up. Yeah, I only know how to post it. It's a good picture. Yeah, it's on Twitter, too. It's a good picture because we can't hear her because it's a soundproof wall. <laughs> Anything she says is going to go into the carpeted walls. Yeah. That's oh, tremendous. I need to I need to find me one of those for home. Although my wife would probably put me in the corner. Yeah, the that you'd time. be in the corner. No, no, I'd be not the one your there. wife. I would never want to put her in the corner. No. Uh-huh. Up next, Mike DiRocco, ESPN's NFL Nation, covers the Jags. Good information forthcoming. It's the Crowley Show. I know there's a lot going on with Garrett Cole right now, but do you really care? I know you do, but you don't care as much because it's playoff time. Steelers, Jags, Sunday, 105. Joining us now to discuss is Michael DiRocco. He covers the Jags for ESPN's NFL Nation. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Mike, let's start off with Jalen Ramsey, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the National Football League. What are his best attributes as a defender, and what makes him tick off the field? Because he sounds like he's got a little bit of swag there as well. Uh, Yeah, a little bit of swag is probably not the right phrase. How about a boatload of swag? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, you combine the physical skills with the the length and, and, you know, his uh, ball skills and his height and his speed – um, and his ability to be physical with the receiver with, you know, 
a really, really intense work ethic that, you know, I've had several players tell me that they haven't seen a guy that young come in and be as dedicated to his craft as Ramsey is. You know, that involves extra film work, studying receivers. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that it's not just run out there on Sunday and, and, and it's all done. He studies like a 10 year vet, you know, is what I've been told. And, and that's, you know, that's really what enables him to have the attitude and be the kind of trash talker that he is is because he feels like he's so well prepared that, you know, he can get away with that kind of stuff. And, look, every week he gets the number one guy, so I'd expect him to be on Antonio Brown this week, um, you know, and they'll go at it like they did the last time. And I think the first play in October, I think uh, Antonio Brown had a 49-yard catch on Jalen Ramsey, I think, if I remember correctly, the first play yeah. of the game. And then, um, you know, and he ended up with over 100 yards of receiving. So he had a pretty good day that day. Now, I know part of that was partly because the, the Jags were ahead. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, Ramsey is looking forward to the, the challenge again. Yeah, that's interesting because the Steelers are obviously looking at this as a challenge because of the way that Jacksonville overall handled Pittsburgh the first time around. But if Jalen Ramsey's looking at this as a challenge because of the way Antonio Brown played the first time around, that's interesting to me. He was able to get under the skin of A.J. Green, who is as mild-mannered a guy as there is in this league, uh, which does tell me that he's able to get under the skin. He fascinates me, but it's not just him. Uh, That entire secondary seems to play pretty, not dirty, but they, they seem to have this... This air of arrogance, maybe, about them. Yeah, you know, we called them, uh, when I did a story on them not too long ago, the mouths of the AFC South. I mean, they will yap. And if you, if you are not able to tune that stuff out, it's going to impact you. And, and the bottom line is, is to Sean Gibson, the safety with Tom, he's like, look, we're going to talk. That's what we do. That's who we are. He and Jalen are the big talkers. Church and A.J. Boyer are probably not so much, but they're going to yap. And the thing is, if you're paying attention to that or you're preparing to deal with that, um, then that's time you're taken away from preparing for the game plan. So they kind of look at it as a little bit of a preemptive strike, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're not prepared to deal with that, it can be a little bit, um, you know, unnerving. And, and Gibson, you know, played in Cleveland for several years, and he said he saw A.J. Green every two times a year every year. And it never phased A.J. Green until Jalen got a hold of him this year. So he goes, that tells you right there how intense and how um, crazy Jalen is as a trash talker. So it's uh, it's part of who they are, and, you know, the coaching staff has been real good about letting them be who they are, um, and, they, and the players really enjoy that. So that's kind of been their uh, identity so far, for sure. Michael DiRocco covers the Jags for ESPN's NFL Nation, joining me here on the Crowley Show what do you think is a better aspect of that defense for Jacksonville, the secondary or that defensive front where they've put up 55 sacks this year? Wow. Uh, they're both pretty good. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey is probably one of three or four best cover corners in the NFL, and A.J. Boye may be as good. Um, so I think from that standpoint, that's probably the best cornerback duo in the league, and that's really, really um, important, obviously, but even you can't cover guys for five, six, seven seconds. So, you know, it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with that pass rush. Um, you know, what Calais Campbell's been able to do in his first year outside as a defensive end has been phenomenal. And, you know, Unique Ngakwe is probably the best pass rusher in the league that nobody knows about. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's hard for me to say which one is more important than the other, but, you know, from just the, the physical ability, that secondary is tough to beat. Um, but again, like I said, you got to have that pass rush to kind of help it out. It looks like if they, and by statistics, that maybe their only chink in the armor is that they've given up some in the running game. What's been the issue there if there has been an issue? Well, they were worse before Marcel Darius got here. Um, and what the biggest issue was is those guys were getting out of position because they were trying to make all the plays themselves. And, you know, it goes back to the old do-your-job thing. Um, you know, this defense really started out on fire with that 10-sack performance against Houston in the season opener, and they started to realize, hey, we're really pretty good. And then they kind of got ahead of themselves a little bit, and guys started getting out of position um, and trying to make plays that they didn't, they weren't supposed to make, and that opened up a lot of cutback lanes. Um, it's not a defense that misses a lot of tackles, so that's that's a plus from the years past. So it's more guys being out of position. Darius helps too because once he got here, you know he's a big nose tackle that can kind of plug up that middle there and let the linebackers flow. Um, and against a guy like Le'Veon Bell, you have to be disciplined because that guy is unbelievable at, at finding a spot that didn't even seem to be there. So you have to be really disciplined and gap with your gaps and, and stay in the spot you're supposed to stay in, or he's going to cut back, and the next thing you know, you're staring at the back of his jersey. Mike Duraco, ESPN's NFL Nation, joining me here on the Crowley Show. When Bortles has had his good stretches, what's been going on there? Why has he played better, and what has he been doing differently these last couple of games? Because he did have that hot streak uh, not too, too long ago. Yeah, I think he's better when they're allowing him a little bit more freedom to throw on first down. Um, and that loosens things up for um, the running game. And then that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with him. But I think the biggest thing with Bortles is, honestly, the receivers have helped him and hurt him all year long. You lose Allen Robinson in the opener, um, and that forced them to rely on a young guy, Keelan Cole, drafted from Kentucky Wesleyan, who's had a really good year. But, you know, Alan Hearns goes down, and now you're relying on Cole and Dede Westbrook, who missed nine games with a sports hernia, another rookie. Um, and, and Cole has had some issues with drops. He fumbled a couple of weeks ago. He's cut off a couple of routes short because he didn't want to get hit, and that resulted in interceptions. Um, so they've had some success when they've thrown the ball early. He's had his guys in there like Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee, guys he's really, really comfortable with, um, and that's kind of loosened things up for him. And, and I do think that they're going to take some shots down the field this week. Uh, last week was a rather conservative game plan. I think they felt like, look, our defense is going to be able to hold this Buffalo offense pretty much in check, so all we really need to do is just not screw this thing up and score a couple of touchdowns and we'll be okay. But I don't think that's going to be their approach this week with the Steelers. They're going to have to put up some points. So I expect him to throw it around a lot more. And, uh, you know, Marquise Lee is healthy. You know, missed two games. He was back last week but didn't look himself. So, you know, they're as healthy right now offensively as they've been all year. So that's a good sign for him. Jag's run game looks like it slowed down a little of late. You wrote about it uh, for ESPN. What's the deal there? They've dropped an average of about 40 yards per game. Yeah, it's it's a combination. The offensive line has not done a really good job of creating a lot of space. And Leonard Fournette has missed some holes, uh, quite frankly. He has not been as effective as he had been 
earlier in the year. And, you know, they're facing stack boxes. That's just the, the – everybody knows the Jags want to run the football. And they're facing stack boxes. They have more carries against eight or more men in the box than any other team in the NFL. Leonard has more carries against eight-plus men in the box than any other back in the NFL. So that's not anything new. It's just they're not as effective at making uh, some space for him, you know, to get free. And it's hard when, you know, you're getting contact, you know, at the line of scrimmage or shortly right after, you don't have a chance to really shake anything free and get a burst into the second level. So, you know, Bortles has helped that last week, certainly with some scrambles and a couple of read options. So I think that might be something you'll see a little bit more this week as well to kind of loosen things up. But I do think if they can have some success early downs throwing the ball, then that will help, I guess, loosen things up for uh, Fournette, which, you know, they desperately would love to get him over 100 yards uh, on Sunday because I feel like if they, they can do that, then they feel like they're in really good shape in terms of being able to win that game. Roethlisberger said he wants to play Jacksonville again because he doesn't want them to think of him as the guy who threw the five interceptions. He doesn't want fans to think of him as that guy. He doesn't want to think of himself as that guy. Mike Mitchell just told Sports Illustrated yesterday that he's looking forward to playing New England. How do the Jaguars feel about all that? I would imagine that they're using that as fuel. Well, you know, some of the guys were talking about uh, what Roethlisberger said, A.J. Boyer, the corner, Aaron Colvin, the nickelback, who will obviously get a lot of work this week. And their thing is, well, that's great. We understand why he's saying that, because he didn't play well the last time. But the flip side of that is that gives us another crack at him, and you've got to be careful what you wish for. Now, as far as Mike Mitchell talking about the Patriots, I asked several guys that and uh, today in the locker room, and there was like, that's fine, that's okay. You know, they, they've, they're kind of at that level where, you know, they're, you know, expected to be a team that plays in the AFC championship game. And, you know, that's fine. We're just worrying about them and we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, try and look ahead out of this game. You know, one guy, one player is like, well, maybe if they're looking ahead, that's good for us. So I don't, I didn't sense any people were upset about that at all. The four or five guys that I asked. Um, you know, I, and I don't really think this team's in a position, to be honest with you, to be upset about that uh, based on the way they played the last three weeks. Mike Duraco, ESPN's NFL Nation, covers the Jags there with us here. Last couple of things for him. Here's the cliched culture change question, but since Coughlin came in, Doug Marone's brought in, how are things different uh, from the way that they've been the last couple of years? Well, I have to do this every show that I go on that are unfamiliar with this because because it sounds really ridiculous, but winning is emphasized now. And (laughs) the background of that is under Coach Gus Bradley, it was more about the process. Uh, His thing was like, if you're at your best and he's at his best and this guy's at his best and we can all be at our best on the same day, then the wins will come. So it was more about the process of being your best than actually um, emphasizing winning. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't want to win games, obviously, but that's just the way he looked at it. Now, Doug Merle and Tom Coughlin comes in, and it's just like, yeah, winning. Win, 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 win. It's all about the winning, and nothing else matters. Um, so that was a huge thing. A little bit more discipline, a little bit more accountability as well, um, and a, a physical, mentally and exhausting uh, physical training camp that uh, really kind of got these guys 
you know, focused, um, especially once they started to see some results because they were not happy at the end of camp at how their bodies felt and how grueling it was. But once it started paying off with some wins, then they were like, okay, I guess I kind of get it. And we appreciate all that extra work that he put us through. And, uh, you know, that's been the biggest difference. There's just more accountability, more toughness, more grit about this team than there has been the last several years. Last thing here for you. What's the expectation level down there outside of the building? What are Jags fans expecting? Uh, do they think that this is a year that they should go to the Super Bowl, or are they kind of happy with house money at this point? What are they thinking? Um, You know, I, I get the feeling that they're pretty confident fans-wise about this game because they went up, the Jags went up there and won that sure. game earlier in October. So I, I think the expectation is that they're – Going to be in the AFC title game now, and I'll say this: this defense is good enough to get to the Super Bowl. It's just what are they going to get out of the offense, and that's the bottom line. If they get some really good play out of Bortles in the offense, then they got just as good a chance as anybody else because this is a defense that's one of the best defenses of the last you know fifteen twenty years. But fans, <laughs> fans are optimistic because I think at this point they're figuring, hey, we got this far, might as well get the rest of the way. Right? No kidding. Uh, Mike, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much, and we'll see you. Apparently, we're getting sun tomorrow, and then it'll all be gone by the time you arrive. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. See you guys. All right, there you Ben threw the ball to AB 19 times the first time around. 19! Bad news, Steelers fans. Artie Burns left practice today. A ligament injury. Okay. Worst news for Steelers fans. Stefan Tuitt left practice early today, and he walked out in a sling. It's listed as an elbow. Who knows if they're going to practice tomorrow? I don't. And we probably won't know until Sunday when the inactives come out. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. When it comes to Artie Burns, I think you're okay with Cam Sutton coming in. But a lot of that's in garbage time. And Ben was far too reliant on Antonio Brown. And when you're throwing at Jalen Ramsey the entire day, and you're going to target AB 19 times, guess what? He'll have two interceptions, which he did. They went into the game. They thought they could do whatever Jacksonville was not trying to take away. For example, if Jacksonville stacked the box, the Steelers thought, okay, we'll throw it all over them. If Jacksonville played a soft box, I think the Steelers thought we could run on them. But the reality is, at that time, the Steelers weren't good enough to be that team on these Jacksonville Jags. I'm tired of everyone saying, just run the ball, play conservative, be safe. No. The last time out, the Steelers didn't have the ability to dictate the terms because they weren't good enough. Jacksonville just is good. But the Steelers now are good enough where they can dictate. They can say, hey, you're going to play eight in the box? Good luck. Here's Martavis over the top. Here's Juju in the middle of the field. Here's Antonio Brown. Here's Vance McDonald. We'll even hit you up with a Le'Veon Bell pass. Last time, they didn't know Juju was a commodity. Vance McDonald was just learning how to play here in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger was inaccurate as all get out. Antonio Brown was just getting over his temper tantrum in Baltimore. Pardon me. 
And Martavis Bryant was bitching the high heaven. He was complaining about not having enough of an opportunity. The Steelers didn't have a good offense at the beginning of the year. Fact. And it wasn't just Jacksonville that shut him down. Jacksonville did it more spectacularly. Hell, the Steelers scored nine points on offense, and Jacksonville scored 13 points on defense. Let me just get this one in for you, Joe. 13 to 9. Just figure nice. I'd do it. Yeah, figure I'd do it so you don't nice. have to. The Steelers now have the best offense in the league. I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb saying that. The Steelers now have a myriad of weapons, and they can do whatever they want. It reminds me of a couple of years ago when the Steelers played the Denver Broncos. Ben Roethlisberger was asked about this today. He said, I hadn't thought of it that way. But, and it's something I brought up on the show, when the no-fly zone came to town, the eventual Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, the Steelers slung that shiz all over the field. A.B. had 16 catches. I'm not saying force the ball to Antonio. That's why they lost the first time. Spread it around. But Ben has carved up really good defenses in the past, and I believe he's going to carve up a really good defense on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be close. 412-922-2874. Do you agree with me? Are you worried about Jacksonville? And should the Steelers, as I just said, pussyfoot around? You think the Steelers should play it safe against Jacksonville, or do you think the Steelers should play their game against Jacksonville? I say play their game. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We got a big show planned on Friday. Carson City Saloon. Going to do a Stillers Crowley party. Giving away a couple of William Gay signed pictures. You got to be there to get them. They're nice. Giving away a couple of t-shirts. And you get to meet me. Yeah, well, there's I mean, that. come on. Were you clearing your throat at the same time as going to the microphone? Kind of. Is that what happened yeah, there? Yeah, that was an accident. You thought, you thought that I was calling for you to come to the mic? Yeah, sorry. No, no it's okay. It's okay. You guys have uh, been you know, below below par today, you and Katie. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Apologies, man. Yeah, it's okay. I should probably get a demerit eventually here. Yeah, well, I think Joe deserves one because he's not on his game either. But I should get some credit for securing these awesome prizes. These Will Gay autograph photos, awesome. Did you chase him down? Nice. Yes. Yes, got him here. Got the T-shirts here, Steelers T-shirts. So anything I've done wrong today, I've probably made up more than enough by getting these awesome, awesome prize packs. We're going to find a way to Crowley it up, though. Ah. We're going to find a way to give these things out creatively. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to wax some listeners? <laughs> I'm not going to wax a listener. I, I think that there'd probably be a lawsuit that would come along with that. Yeah, that's, that's... The, that's the least, the last thing you want to do. No, but I think we could come up with some cool competitions. Yeah. I think we could come up with some cool stuff. Maybe paper football. Paper football is always a good thing. Because we're playing in here and Katie's awful. Yeah, Katie really sucks at this game. Like, she, if she showed up as a listener, would not win any of our prizes if we were doing paper football. No. Absolutely worst kicking display I've ever seen. We could have people come in and do what would be their touchdown dance. Touchdown celebration. Yeah. I like it. not bad. I like that a lot. Spike something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah, come I'm... on in. We'll give you a football, and you've got 15 seconds before the flag comes out, and you gotta, you got to give us a good selly. Because, you know, William Gay has my favorite Steelers celebration of all time. Dude, that is, a, that is an amazing idea. Tremendous idea. Awesome. We're doing it. 
Crowley's show celebration off. Yep. Working title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, that's a working title, but basically you'll be dancing all freaky deaky up in the Carson City. Somewhere. Damn right, I like that. It's a good idea. Nice. Good idea by me. Good securing of the prizes by you. Good execution by me. We'll see how it goes down on Friday. This show is so awesome. Agreed. Favorite Will Gay celebration is, I believe it was against Jacksonville. Well, there's a pick six, and he's on his knees crawling from the end zone to Joey Porter to give him the hug. That's the inspiration for this one, baby. That's awesome. I like it. I want to see Joe's celebration. I wonder what Joe would bring to the table. I feel like Joe would just... I think he'd, I think he'd be a hand-the-ball-to-the-ref guy. I might get topless. Like, like nonchalant, like hand the hand the ball, like, here, yes. you, are, here you are, sir. Yes, like act like he's been there before. I, I would know. not. I think most listeners would agree that I would be obnoxious as all get out. Oh, if we're on the same team. I'd take team, my shirt off and wave it around. Yeah, like if you and I are on the same team, like we would spend more time prepping for oh, the yes. celebration than we would for the actual game. Like that's a fact. You could do Uptown Abs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could do, what is it, Insanity? Yes. Yeah. I mean, hey, waxing, that's not, again, I hate to keep going back to it, but if you if you want to celebrate in the end zone, good waxing. Fake waxing. Yeah, yeah, like I'll come up and put the fake put it on you because you can't use props. Then I'll fake pull it off you and you fake pretend you're hurt. This is good. Yeah. This is good. These are all ideas for you to keep in mind. <laughs> 412 4-7 on Friday. Crowley Show, live from the Carson City Saloon for a Steelers party, baby. Is the show over? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Is it <laughs> seven? The music, I actually looked at the clock, because the music usually comes in at about 52, but in the 6 o'clock hour. I thought it was, I was like, damn, I lost an hour. Joe's like, it's Wednesday, it's hump day, let's get the hell out of here. Joe's calling the show. <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay with Joe calling it. He picked good music. He gets the show. Sure does. He is the show. That's not true. Major, well, he's even a mess. Nah, give me a break here. Sorry, man. Uh, it's not the Joe Rakicki show. He's a major contributor to the effort that is the Adam Crowley brilliance. How's that sound? I think it sounds about right. (laughs) Let me put this up to the listener. Should we talk about the Pirates next? At underscore Adam Crowley. 88% of you say no. John says, actually never again, or at least until they sell the team to someone that spends some cash instead of putting it in their pocket. We ain't talking bull. D'Angelo Williams, you hear what he had to say about Todd Haley? It's juicy, and I've got thoughts on it. Next, I think, unless we're done for the day, it's the Crowley Show.